career in workforce development with the state of Kentucky in 2010. That experience ignited a deep passion for manufacturing within me. I started this show hoping to raise more awareness around the bright outlook manufacturing careers have. Join me as I sit down with some of the manufacturing industry's most successful change makers and learn how they're partnering people with technology. It's time to give people more meaningful work. This is Workforce 4.0. Hey, you guys, and we are live. Hi, hello, how are you? Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm really excited for this week's episode of Workforce 4.0. We have Corey Adams with Universal Robots on today, and we're excited to learn more about the robots and the cobots. But we're also excited to uh, learn more about Universal Robots' uh, unique um, unique focus towards their training and what you guys do with local area communities, as well as some of the programs that you offer through Universal Robots. So, hey, Corey, how are you? Great. Excited to be here, Anne. Super, uh, super excited to kind of talk about Universal Robots and, and workforce development and appreciate the invite to be on uh, Workforce Wednesdays. Absolutely. Yes, we are making Workforce Wednesday a thing, y'all. So if you guys want to get in on on the fun trend, if you want to just find a workforce related post and post it on Wednesdays, we are rocking and rolling with it for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I know that, uh, you know, you've kind of you've worked for Universal Robots for a while. You've kind of worked your way up through the company. And uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit more about what you do with Universal Robots? Yeah, so I've been with uh, Universal Robots for just over three years now. I started off in the sales organization, you know, as a business development manager, you know, covering, you know, a unique territory, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Kentucky at that time. Um, and then during 2020, you know, we really started to see a big impact externally from Universal Robots, which is just here, you know, in the United States when it comes to skilled workers, manufacturing and, you know, this this very large and, and growing skills gap. And, you know, I kind of took that time, you know, as, as sales were a little bit slower and kind of look at, you know, how can we start to impact that change, uh, you know, moving forward. You know, when you look at, you know, a 200 plus million skills gap over the next five years, you know, that, that might be something we wanted to start to look at now. And, you know, working with our academy team, you know, really started to kind of open up our eyes uh, internally with, you know, what we should do when it comes to training, workforce development and education. Excellent. Yes, I love that. I love that you guys were so proactive and really got ahead of the game by starting early and saying, you know what, this is really uh, this is a thing, and mm-hmm. we need to definitely get uh, ahead of it before um, it becomes, you know, kind of where you, you have to be reactive in a lot of situations, Correct. right? Correct, correct. Absolutely. So before we get too far down the workforce development training rabbit hole, I just want to, I like to start every episode out by just learning a bit more about you personally. And, you know, I love music. <laughs> Like, um, like a lot. So, um, and I've, I've did a whole karaoke night with some of our friends in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, not too long ago. Um, but I wanted to ask you what your favorite song was. Well, so this is kind of a tough question for me, right? So I have a very large genre of music when you go to my, my playlist in, in my Apple Music. Um, you know, I can go from, you know, 50s and 60s talking about, 
uh, you know, Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. You know, we're talking about the Drifters, you know, under the boardwalk. Everybody likes those classics, you know, and then you kind of get into the country. You know, you talk about Reba McIntyre, Garth Brooks, um, you know. Uh, so, you know, what really kind of plays close to my heart and it was something I needed to kind of take a hard look at. But I guess if I'm really being honest, you know, I'm going to kind of go back to my emo days. Um, you know, when it's uh, more of a lifestyle than it is a phase and kind of lean on, uh, you know, My Chemical Romance's uh, Black Parade, um, you know, that kind of has a kind of impression on my heart. You know, I kind of got that introduced to that song when I was in the military going through boot camp. And uh, almost every time we were doing something mentally or physically tasking um, that, you know, my company commander would put Black Parade on. Um, and it was kind of one of those things where it's like, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, you know, I can't think straight, but it was, you know, when, when you were in those times, that song would come on and you're like, you know what, I can, I can make it through this as long as I'm dedicated and I believe in myself. And, you know, even still to this day, when that song comes on, it kind of warps me back to that time when, you know, I was like, man, can I do this? Can I make it through boot camp? And, you know, it just shows that, you know, if you have that dedication, you can, you can pursue that even through emo music. Right. So it's great. Absolutely. And I am a fellow emo fan and I love that. And um, that's such a good song. It's a sad song. It's hard. It's a, it's one that it's, it's harder for me to listen to. Of course, you know, of course the haters gonna hate. They all think they're going to be like, <laughs> right. and I'm like, no, it's not. Um, but yeah, that is, um, that's a hard song for me to listen to. Now as a parent of a son, it's really hard for me to listen oh, to. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, because you do think about that time, you know, that time when not only are they on their own, they're all they're on their own, you mm -hmm. know, um, and, exactly. you know, you can't be there for them any longer. So I love that in honor of today and of the emo. I drug out actually one of my old emo necklaces. <laughs> love back, it. Um, love it. 15, 20 years ago. It's it, great it, to see it come full circle. It's great to see it coming back. I love it. I love it. Um, so yeah, great, great song choice. There we go. Yeah. Love it. Um, so let's see here before I get too far and thank you guys for commenting. Um, I appreciate it. I'm going to come back to those in just a second. I want to get, uh, kind of at least one, one in-depth question out of the way before, um, before I answer some of these questions or comments. But if you do have any questions for Corey, please feel free to drop those in the comment. I am reading those and I will bring those up and we'll go through those throughout the discussion. Um, but let's go ahead and get this conversation kicked off just a little bit. Um, we, I mean, I'm, I could be wrong, you know, but I'm pretty sure uh, all of us on the LinkedIn collective, the manufacturing community here, we're pretty familiar with universal robots and uh, what you guys are doing. And uh, we know that you guys are doing some really cool things in the cobot space for the manufacturing sector. Mm -hmm. um, so could you tell me from your own personal perspective, how you see cobots in the future of manufacturing, how they interface in the workforce and how they are already even giving people more meaningful work? Yeah. So, you know, I take a little step back, you know, when you when you talk about universal robots and the development of the cobot, I think, you know, universal robots really kind of changed the way that, you know, we look at robotics and automation 
um, on the manufacturing floor with the, you know, introduction of the cobot. You know, Universal Robot is very unique with the way that we make it, you know, the, the easy to use interface, you know, a lot of the built-in safety so it can interact with a human. Um, but, you know, it really started to change what manufacturers could do when it comes to automation within a manufacturing facility. Um, and one of the things that we started to see, you know, uh, you know, more of those mundane tasks, uh, you know, like machine tending, like screw driving, like, you know, even welding in some instances or inspection, you know, processes being more and more automated, um, where before it was really more focused on that dull, dirty and dangerous, you know, tasks that were being done on manufacturing floors. Um, you know, and, and you know what I consider is, is more of that hard automation. I think, you know, collaborative robots uh, bring a unique ability to work hand in hand uh, with an employee, uh, limiting, you know, limiting that uh, that interaction with that dull, very dangerous or even mundane tasks um, that we see on manufacturing floors today. Um, but I think the one thing about cobots is they have uh, they have an ability to provide an employee better quality of job when we look at what manufacturing will be in the 21st century. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Um, I do think that's, that's, that's the thing, right? You go into some of these industries that are uh, heavily automated and, you know, it's like a wall of just like, you know, sell on sell on sell. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, you know, you've got the, the, the curtain there uh, kind of separating the robot cell from the HMI panel and mm -hmm. all, like that whole thing right there. And the operator goes in there and, you know, runs the machine that way. Right. But it's really hard to uh, get much closer to a big, to a big robot like that. It um, is. And, and, you know, universal robots are, or, or, you know, the collaborative robot, you know, I mentioned machine tending, right. When we look at, you know, what automation is doing, you know, you know, to, to just individuals jobs when it's introduced on the manufacturing floor. Right. And, and we believe that, you know, 21st century manufacturing, you may not just have a machinist or you may just not have a welder, but you're going to have, you know, a robotics welder or robotics machinist or, you know, robotics screwdriving manufacturer. Right. Something along those lines where you're, you know, the job duties are required outside of that of just knowing how to use a particular machine but also kind of understanding automation as a whole. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, for our audience that maybe isn't as familiar with uh, your product or other robots like Cobots or how, you know, to give them a good visual, I kind of put together a little 15 second clip of a longer clip that you had sent me. Mm -hmm. I just cut it up and, and kind of edited it a little bit. Um, can we, can we play that and can we yeah. show them kind of more or less what you're talking about? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, perfect. We'll just play that right here. Yeah, so um, that's kind of a good synopsis, right? And you've got, at the beginning of the video, you've got your technician. You've got him kind of with this, you know, because I interview a lot, I study human expressions, right? Um, so he looks very puzzled, right? And he's, yeah. he's actively, to me, appears like he is working through a problem. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that was actually an experiment um, that we had done internally at uh, at uh, ECAM, your Eastern Kentucky Advanced Manufacturing with Kathy Walker um, in Paintsville, Kentucky. Um, and the whole reason for that experiment was we wanted to better understand what those competencies that uh, an, an employee may need um, to feel like to be more comfortable and successful in that space when when automation is introduced. You know, when when a manufacturer starts to introduce automation to a factory, a lot of the times it changes the job requirements that that operator may need to do on a day to day basis. So, yeah, but it's but see, but the beauty of the beautiful part about this is that he's he's investing a lot of high power critical thinking skills there. I mean, it's very it's very obvious. Um, and that's from the very end of the video. And you can kind of see the entire process in that longer clip that you sent me. And I mean, it's obvious with you guys because you were there too. Um, it's obvious when I'm looking at your all's facial expressions, you know, it's, it, it was, it's not always easy. Right. And sometimes you get tired and, and everything, but you're, you're going through that, that critical soft skill. When we think about soft skills for the future workforce, it's like critical thinking is number one. Um, in all studies I've read so far. So that's a great example of how he's critically thinking. And then he's applying a hard skill set then by programming. Mm -hmm. And then essentially you're seeing the robot there at the end doing the, the you know, repetitive task, right? Correct. That Correct. humans really don't have time to do because we're doing the other things like critical thinking and programming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that was kind of like you said, that's the end of a video of what turned out to be a pretty long, you know, a long day for us, you know, walking through this process, because, you know, we we believe and, and think that it's very easy to integrate these products together. But in reality, when, when it comes time to do that, there's not really a cookie cutter way to say, yep, there we go. And, and you know, now we have a work cell. So, you know, looking at that experiment, we really wanted to understand basics that an individual would need to know around automation outside that of just specific product training, right? Knowing how to use our specific product or anybody's specific product, what other competencies does an individual need to know to feel comfortable? Um, and really the goal that we were trying to get to out of that experiment was to learn how we could develop um, a very lean, but yet effective curriculum that, that helps, you know, the incumbent worker, the current worker we see in manufacturing perform their jobs, um, and feel more comfortable when a robot or automation is introduced. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's just, that's, you're going to have to, we're going to have to kind of embrace that, right? We're going to yeah. have to start just saying, here you go. Look at it. It's like in real life, it's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and then we've got to embrace a more expedited way of training. Uh, because like you're saying, I mean, we're just looking at that, that skills gap and it's just fastly approaching and we're like, you know, we're running out, we're kind of short on time here. So, yeah. you know, you're, you're like, what do we do? Um, absolutely. And, um, you know, to that, and I think what Kathy Walker is doing, by the way, is amazing. Absolutely. And I'm just, I'm like in awe of. I'm just in awe. I, I, because I've worked in workforce development, I know how hard it is to get a project like that up and going. I know how, um, how much is uh, involved 
in that. And I'm just like, this woman, she is just, she's just taking the bull by the horns. Um, so I can't wait to get up there and see uh, what they've, what all they've got, what all they're into. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, sure. it's a very interesting facility and her take on training um, was, you know, it's kind of like an aha moment for a lot of people. Absolutely. Yes. I kind of think so too. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll say that because I worked with so many of our agency partners that were educational providers, like the, like the Kentucky technical college yeah. and uh, no, they do great work. Um, but it is very traditional. I mean, it's a traditional two year technical college and it has to be because it's all state funded, uh, in the way everything is, is written and passed and so forth and so on. It's, very specific in what steps you take and what services you provide and who your, who your customer base is essentially. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and it's just, it's very unique that she was just, you know, just kind of like not, not really affiliated. Right. right. And then was like, you know what we should do? We should build a school. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we should train the people. You know, right. and just right. do it, and uh, and and then she did, and it's and now and they're she's doing very successful. Well. <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> yes, I need that kind of like in my life that yeah. fire, you know. Right. Um, absolutely. So before I get on to the next question, we'll come. We'll, we will go more in depth than what uh, Ecomi e is doing in uh, Paintsville, but I wanted to bring up some of these comments, <laughs> Nikki. Hi, Nikki. She says, happy Wednesday. And she says, hello. Hi, Nikki. Thank you for coming. Um, Jamie popped in to say hi. Mike Unger um, from Industry 4.0 Club here. He is thanking you for your insights. He says, identifying the competencies for the future of manufacturing is so important. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, so... So when it comes to Ecami, how did you, am, am I, am I saying that is it Ecami? Ecami, Ecami, as you. it's pronounced in Eastern Kentucky. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Sorry. You know, Central <laughs> and then Eastern. Central and Eastern. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very diverse state, believe it yes, or not. But um, yeah, so Ecami, um, what inspired you guys to really go that route? Like what, how did you hear about what they were doing? How did you decide, you know what, this is a project that we really want to get behind. We want to support. We want to see what's going on over there. Um, what what was that thought process like from the company aspect? And um, how do you think that other other uh, or like what do you think the long term outcomes are of partnering with schools like this? Yeah. So I think, you know, when you look at eCami and, you know, the, you know, I was made aware through eCami through, uh, you know, Greg Smith, the president of Teradyne, who was very intrigued by, you know, the turning coal miners into machinists. Um, and, you know, was, you know, and I was asked to kind of make a visit and just kind of see, you know, as an academy standpoint, what are they doing that's so drastically different? Um, and like I said, it was very, it was a very eye opening moment um, when I first met with Kathy Walker and her team. Um, and she really started to kind of change the way that we want to look at workforce development. Um, you know, workforce development is not just for the next generation of employees. 
And, you know, frankly, if it was, you know, we can already see that we're going to have a major shortage in the next five years. Um, so we also needed to look at how could we, you know, affect the current workforce whose jobs are changing due to the adoption of automation. Um, but there's, there's a third thing there as well, right? I also wanted to look at how could we take, you know, people who are wanting to, you know, go back into the workforce like veterans, like, you know, like moms, right? You know, who are going back into the workforce after raising a family, where are they supposed to go? Um, so, you know, I guess when we look at, at this on a more of a long-term uh, plan, I suppose, you know, I, I hope to see schools and manufacturers kind of collectively start to come together um, and look at automation competencies, like I said, for that 21st century manufacturing. Um, I'm not a big fan when it comes to like teaching to the test. Um, but in this case, I believe that we really need to start teaching them the basics around automation outside that of specific product training. Um, you know, a quote that has kind of resonated internally, um, thanks to Greg Smith that, that kind of brought it to our attention was, you know, referencing when it comes to workforce development is from the former IBM CEO, um, uh, Jenny Romitti, and she states, you know, uh, we believe these technology or uh, we build these technologies. So I think that we have a responsibility to prepare society for these technologies. And I hope that more manufacturers or schools start to, you know, look at what their workforce development programs are and maybe contour them, you know, to be a little bit more of an accelerated program as well. We still need those two to four year universities, but we also need to currently start to impact the individuals that are, are also being impacted by automation and give them an accelerated program to be able to to feel comfortable when they go to work on a day-to-day -day basis. Preach. Yes. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Because what is the number one fear? What is the, what are, you know, kind of the reason that um, I, I wanted to start this show and, and, and what we're always fighting railing against, right. Um, with our posts to some, some effect is, you know, robots are not taking your jobs, right. you know? So, but however, we know, we know that some of these jobs are, you know, not going to be part of the future of the manufacturing right. workforce. So right. if we know that, uh, then we need to figure out a way to expedite the training, especially with your current workforce. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And I, I think that that's a demographic that's somewhat being forgot about. And it's not necessarily that, you know, robots, especially not collaborative robots, right? Universal robots, we want to... Uh, have have our robots work with humans, not, you know, and not as humans. Um, and, you know, when you look at that, that stance, you know, we need to do a better job of upskilling that current workforce to understand how this is going to affect their day to day job. Um, and instead of just saying, hey, take our product training, no, let's go a little bit deeper and start to look at what are these competencies and how have we changed, um, you know, your job on a day-to-day -day basis and let's teach you how to be successful. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Like, I wish we could, I'm, yeah. I'm like, yes, this is the energy we need. Um, yeah. Let me, uh, let me pull up a couple of these comments. You guys are rocking the comments section. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate your, your engagement and uh, I want to answer some of these before we move on. Um, really click, Quickly, uh, Dylan Shanahan says, keep up the good work, Corey. How you doing, Dylan? <laughs> Actually, I'll, I'll congratulate him. He just had a, he just had a newborn. So congratulations, Dylan. Oh! On the, on the new addition. 
Congratulations. Send baby pictures. That's what I tell like, <laughs> Post right. the pictures. We want to see the baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, Jamie Callahan asks, are you putting lots of effort into working with vision companies, giving the robots sight? That's a good question. That is a great question. So, you know, when we look at, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of stick on the workforce development when it comes to automation robotics, you know, when we look at that robots play a very small part when it comes to the terms of automation as a whole. Right. So when we look at what workforce development it is, we are looking for those partners to kind of help fill those gaps. Right. A robot is just one tool in, in, a, in an automation specialist tool belt. He needs vision. He needs PLCs. Right. He needs uh, safety. There's a lot of things that go into an automation work cell. Um, and that's not something that, that we can do alone. And that's something that, you know, that takes those partners in manufacturing to kind of look at what they're doing within workforce development and collectively start to come together. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. That's a that's a great answer and also a great reason for why, you know, when we talk about how how the future of workforce uh, 4.0 will be in manufacturing, uh, mm -hmm. how it will be more collaborative Absolutely. Right? and why it's so important to develop those relationships with your partners. Great. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I think we've got time for one last question here. Right. before uh, before 30 minutes is up but i do want to ask you um because i name all of my my episodes and this episode of workforce 4.0 is titled if we build it they will come mm -hmm. how can other private sector businesses get involved in training initiatives with their local educational providers and partners and do you believe that if we all work together and build the infrastructure that we will ultimately overcome the manufacturing skills gap that's a great question. And I'll, I'll try to kind of answer it a little bit in reverse here. Um, so, yes, I believe if everyone from the industry sector and the educational market can work together, that we can really start to change the narrative altogether when it comes to the skills gap. Um, I think there is an important need for industry and schools to align on the same objective. And that being, you know, when it comes to training as many people, um, both current and new to the workforce. Um, I think that we need to look at, you know, the relevant skills needed in that industry uh, with a very accelerated program, kind of like what we mentioned early on. Um, and there's not always a need for that big bulky curriculum for those two to four year programs, but shortened to the point that will quickly start to upscale that current workforce. Now, there is importance and a need for those two to four year programs. We still need those engineers. Um, but we also need to look at, like I said, that current workforce and upskilling them to be able to fit within that job market and not feel like their jobs are in jeopardy when it comes to automation. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, from if if I'm like, we'll say like I'm a um, I don't know, like a startup robotics company or, you know, a, a, a private sector company partner um, and I wanted to get involved with my local community or i wanted to kind of develop a training program like universal robots has done um you know what what do you think some of the first initial steps to that would be um i mean i think first is kind of looking at what your demographic is around you you know as a school you know are you heavy automotive are you heavy high tech and kind of looking at what those jobs entail, right? You know, I'll give you an example. When you look at Cleveland, Ohio, very heavy when it comes to machine tending, automotive space. 
So we want to kind of contour the training in that space or have a training in that space that contours to that machine tending operator, robotics operator um, as, as automation is introduced. Absolutely. I like, I love that too. Yeah. Is, that is something that I'm like living in real life um, because yeah. you know, in Bowling Green, Kentucky, it's very like, you know, that's where they make Corvette. Mm. And so every company that's, that's a smaller enterprise, right. They kind of feed into that, mm. that pipeline somewhere. They're either sure. a supplier or they're a customer of Corvette. Um, so then by proxy, it's heavy automotive, mm -hmm. right? Um, now here in Huntsville, see, they don't, we, we do have a new Toyota Mazda plant that is fairly new. Uh, but traditionally it's always been aerospace. Mm. So it's a completely different market, Very right? Different. Space, aerospace, uh, department of defense, that kind of stuff. And it's all very, it's a very different market than, um, automotive. I mean, they share some similarities and they share some technical alignments if that makes sense but it does it's, uh, it's it it's it would still be a different skill set it would and for the individuals on the floor you know uh, you know on the manufacturing floor as operators or as technicians right there will be some similarities but there's going to be some some major differences as well outside of just the specific product that they're learning but the tasks that they'll be asked to do on a day-to-day -day basis as well awesome well before we close out for the day i do want to get to dale's uh question it's All a good right. question as well. Uh, it kind of focuses more on the safety aspect, but a lot of folks are worried about the integrated safety. Are you seeing it as a difficult task? Yes. So when we look at integrated safety and, and great question, Dale, um, you know, safety can be very tricky when it comes to, you know, risk assessments, it being already integrated into a system, you know, uh, you know, safety can also be determined by your safety coordinator on the, on the shop floor. I think the first place that we really look at when it comes to integrated safety is what do you feel as the manufacturer of or, or you know of the manager of that floor? How does that impact your your employees? Do you need to add additional safety? So I think that's kind of something that you want to take a step by step guide at. Um, when it comes to workforce development, it's not something that's really on the forefront for us. Um, we understand the importance of looking at safety and risk assessments, um, but we're looking at trying to to kind of you know make a bigger impact when it comes to looking at those machine tending operators, those welding operators, those screw driving operators, um, and, you know, touch on safety very briefly. But it is something that I can tell you is on the roadmap for us when we look at how can we integrate more of a traditional automation uh, curriculum into a day-to-day -day basis. Awesome. I love that. I think that's a really good uh, question to end with. Uh, for those that are out there that maybe want to learn more about Universal Robots or they want to just connect with you because they're like, that Corey, now he's a cool guy. You know, I need to connect with them. Can you um, can you share with us how what's the best way to reach you, contact you, connect with you? Yeah. So, you know, you're more than welcome to, to find me on LinkedIn. Um, please, you know, any questions outside of this forum, you can feel free to contact me via email. Um, it's uh, C-O-A-D at universal-robots.com. Um, and I'd love to hear from anybody within, you know, the organization, within, you know, education to kind of get your thoughts and feedback. I think that this is a very large and growing community and it takes all of us to kind of coordinate together to really kind of determine a path forward. Absolutely. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Corey. I appreciate it. If you tuned in today and um, joined us and for everybody that commented today, thank you so much. Uh, 
we are uh, we are running a little past time, but thank you guys so much for coming, and we will see you next week for another amazing episode of Workforce 4.0. Co Corey, thank you so much. I really thanks again for having me, and uh, excited to see what's next week. Awesome! Thank you so much. You thank guys you. have a great Workforce Wednesday and a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Joy. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,